Hi there, Kath here. This is chapter 30 of Andrew Ollerton's book, The Bible, A Story That Makes Us Sense of Life. And these are, yeah, just my thoughts on chapter 30. Have you been watching um, the volcano in Iceland? I think it's called Geldingadilia or something like that. It's erupting right now, this volcano, with ginormous flames coming out of the crater, spewing lava everywhere. It's quite a sight and you can literally watch it live on the internet. And um, if you watch it by day, you see this massive fire and eruption in the middle of a snowstorm. It's incredible. In Iceland, they've been waiting and watching for this. They knew it was coming. And what we can see now is a sign of massive plate movement deep inside the earth of huge shifts and changes and what we see now will alter the landscape forever. Ollerton talks about the imagery of fire pits in this chapter but when the Holy Spirit came on those first disciples at Pentecost I think it was a bit bigger than that. I think it was a bit like a volcano erupting the result, if you like, of kind of spiritual tectonic plate shifts, a fundamental shifting in the history of the relationship between God and man. I like to think of the spirit being like a volcano erupting and the effects of Pentecost flowing out down the mountain far and far beyond changing the landscape of humanity forever. That day in Jerusalem, where the disciples were all together in one room, the city was packed because it was an annual Jewish festival. There'd have been pilgrims from all over the world. And suddenly, it says in Acts 2, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. No, it wasn't a teenager leaving the front door open. <laughs> it was the spirit. The Greek word ruach is the same as wind, the spirit of God, of Jesus, breathing resurrection life over people just as he breathed life into Adam. And then, as if that wasn't enough, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Fire was kind of like God's representation, his calling card in the Old Testament. Think Moses and the burning bush and so many other incidents. It meant, this is Yahweh, take off your shoes. This is the holy, unapproachable presence of God here. And yet, here in Acts 2, the fire is coming to rest on people's heads. God's holy presence. It hadn't just ripped through the temple curtain when Jesus died. His holy presence had burst right out of the building, as Andrew Ollerton says, taken up residence in ordinary people. Paul later writes to the Corinthians, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and God's spirit lives among you? Ollerton tells a sweet story of a woman who heard the queen was coming to her house and she got herself into a right old tiz, trying to get everything all cleaned and dusted and polished and ready. And she was really, really scared and she nipped outside to pick some flowers. And then she heard God say to her, listen, I live with you every day. I'm the king of kings. It's only the queen. <laughs> and maybe it's good to remember all of us who we host, who we serve day by day. One who is the king of kings, one whom our queen bows down to. The wind and fire, the one who can reunite our broken humanity, our shattered community.
back to unity. What does it mean to host the Holy Spirit, the Holy Presence of God? It's all about welcoming him. He doesn't possess or control us. He just helps us be who we're made to be. On Easter Saturday, we aren't planning any erupting volcanoes, but we will be lighting the fire pit at Stack to pray together outside the church. Why not let God light a fire in your heart? How can you help keep that fire pit of the Holy Spirit alight within you?